0: This is my first job in sports web series, presented by SBR Net, your comprehensive source of sports data to the academic community. Here are the hosts of My First Job in Sports, Neil Schwartz and Mark Sullivan. Welcome to this edition of My First Job in Sports. This is part of our special Get in the Game series of programs focusing on our event that we're planning on holding October 6th through 8th in Baltimore. I'm Neil Schwartz, your host, with my co-host, Mark Sullivan. Mark, how are things today in the great state of New Jersey, as you like to say?
1: You know, Neil, great.
0: (laughs) I guess I asked for that. Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about Get in the Game and what we're doing and what's going on and who's coming and who's a part of it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Happy to do it. So Get in the Game is, uh, for lack of a better description, a live version of my first job in sports. It is a three-day conference and special event that'll take place in Baltimore, 6th through 8th of October. And it's a chance for students, young students of color to come to the event learn about the sports business, meet people who can potentially offer them internships and full-time jobs.
0: Yeah, you know, you and I have been on a number of presentations talking with potential sponsors, potential attendees, and it's been, uh, you know, I'm finding that the conversations have been really very... upbeat and there's a lot of excitement around this particular event so you know i'm i personally i'm really excited and i'm glad that you know we've embarked on this mark our guest today is aswan crookshank um you want to tell a little bit about aswan
1: yeah sure super interesting cat i think uh, everyone's really going to enjoy the conversation with him today he's not your traditional point a to point b to point c i started here i ended up there um, you know, very entrepreneurial, uh, tells a lot of good stories about, uh, hey, starting to do something and having it not quite work out and having to pivot and do something else. So uh, very, um, very good insights and uh, some good stories from Aswand. Aswand, you're very entrepreneurial. You've done a bunch of different things and have sort of an interesting career journey. Uh, fill us in. Tell us about it.
2: Yes, I, I... Very unique from when you first meet me because the name One Crookshank has always becomes a challenge for people to, to say, so I'm used to that. And because of that, I found a place of comfort on the football field. And ironically, it's where I got my acceptance. I was a captain for several teams named uh, two teams in particular that became nationally known. One is the White Oak Warriors and the my was my youth team and the high school team I played for the Good Council Falcons. And these were not they weren't nationally known when I was there. So I got an opportunity to see a lot of excuse me, see coaches build these programs from scratch. And that was a true blessing because it's what I did for my acceptance. So once I moved on in my first year in college, I I told my ACL, told my ACL, just like that, gone. You know, the game was taken away from me very, very quickly. And that's where I had to move back home and I got a job at a gym. And I very easily could have just gave up on football. But luckily, I was around trainers, membership consultants, a lot of former athletes that were still trying out to go to the NFL and things like that. And I saw you know, how to make money, how to make a living outside of as just being a football player. So I was prepped with that. And then I was able to transfer just all my grades to my dream school at the time, which was Stony Brook University. And I finished off my degree there and got really into the to the entrepreneurial game because that's really that's all I knew you know they didn't want me I walked on there I had to earn my I had to earn my position there earn my uh, way on the travel squad and things like that so you know when you talk entrepreneurship and you talk sports there's so much synergy when it comes to me because no you know it was my acceptance and none of the coaches really really wanted me for my athletic playing <laughs> like my natural athletic ability they wanted me for my drive
1: so one of the things we talk about often is how athletics translates to business. And mm-hmm. it sounds like already based on what you've told us, look, you've been a case study in perseverance, uh, adapt, adaptation, right? You know, plan A yes. didn't work out. You quickly pivoted to plan B. So again, a couple of great lessons on how sports uh, prepared you for, uh, for, your next, for your business career.
2: 1000%. 1, 1000%. 1, I I I'll, it's quick story here when uh is a quick story. A shout out to you coach Brian if you're listening, but we had transferred from the Capital Beltway League to Pop Warner when I was in 7th grade and one of the rules that they didn't know about was we all had to wear cups. <laughs> nobody actually wore cups. So we're there on yeah, we're, we're there on game day on a Saturday and we realized nobody has a cup and coach Brian who was the founder of the organization he runs to a Kmart, buys a bunch of cups for us to wear. And we end up winning winning that game and becoming undefeated and winning the championship that year. So these were all things that I had to see on the fly and like, oh, man, if something goes wrong, go to Kmart, do what you got. I don't think Kmart's in business anymore. So
0: I think they're still around a little bit, but I think that's a great lesson in adversity. <laughs> Aswan, I want to walk backwards a little bit and unpack a few things. I know you spent some time uh, with the Miami Dolphins. I, I am actually down here in Florida. I'm a Dolphins fan. I will admit it. You can admit that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your experience working with the dolphins.
2: Oh uh, yes, I was a 50/50 raffle ticket seller. I spent two seasons as a 50/50 raffle ticket seller and I didn't even know these type of positions existed, all right? You got to understand, I came from the football world and I'm thinking you're either coaching, you're playing or you're scouting. So I moved to Florida just wanting to start to start my life in sports because I know how Florida takes their sports and their fitness serious. So I was working at an Orange Theory and I checked an email that I don't normally check. And I realized, oh man, the Dolphins Foundation is looking for sellers. And that was that's all me. So I drive out there and the way it works is the foundation is a separate entity. It's a separate entity that it's mm-hmm. self-funded. And the primary the primary revenue generator is the 50-50 raffle ticket seller. So during the games, you got to go approach a fan and say, hey, you want to sign up for the 50-50 raffle? You want to sign up for the 50-50 raffle? And it's actually a sales position because they track how many sales each seller is getting. So that, you know, my name is oh, forever going to be entrenched as one of the top sellers. They gave me a plaque wow. at the end, the whole thing. And it was at that point where I realized, man, this is a business. This isn't just about locking in and playing or coaching. You gotta run a business out there, like like the way the whole thing worked. I mean, the jackpot used to get up to a couple, I think, a, close to a million dollars, and you know, some fan would walk away with a half a yeah, million. Yeah, but the bucks foundation also, walk, the foundation also walked walked away with a million bucks.
0: Like a win win.
2: It was a win win. Yeah, it was a win win, and that wasn't the only thing. One of the other things we did was a garage sale. And you would be surprised at how much money we would make off a garage sale. A bunch of players, like old players, we still had their jerseys, the old logos, you know, when the team switched sure. their logos and stuff like that. We would sell the old stuff and just make it kill it, make it kill it. it. That was probably the most, I mean, I have a lot, I've had a lot of experiences, but in terms of because I always wanted to work for a pro sports team before 30. When I started realizing that this is a self-funded thing. That's when things changed for me because I saw it. You know what I'm saying? I saw the the ability to do it.
0: If you've been listening to past shows, you know that Mark and I, along with our partner, Yousef Khan, are in development a great event called Get in the Game, focused on helping people of color get jobs in the business of sports. And, and Mark and mm-hmm. I are really excited about the event. It's October 6th through 8th in Baltimore. But, you know, Aswan, you bring up a really interesting point with this in that, you know, Game day, what goes on on game day is a great place for people to get their start in the sports business. Tell us a little bit more about your experiences, you know, behind the scenes on game day.
2: One thousand percent. And there's so many people doing so many different things. I think. The number was about 700 different people that the Miami Dolphins and Hard Rock Stadium wow. contracts with. All right. There's myself doing the 50-50 raffle, but then there were also people that were selling tickets, season tickets, taking people from going to just buying one ticket, now be a season ticket holder. There are vendors. There are people that are out there selling their, like, you know, Miami's very art, like a very creative town. So the people who have art, they were foundations. They were like little youth league foundations out there, you know, trying to raise money for their program. Now with the Miami Dolphins, they are really, really good about connecting with the high school sports in the area, all right? Now, I know you're familiar with St. Thomas Aquinas, but (laughs) there was the first game I went to, it was St. Thomas Aquinas versus Miami Central. The whole sideline, I mean, there was game of the week. They had the whole press there with the Miami Dolphins there. And these are high school kids being exposed to these kinds of jobs and knowing that these kinds of things exist. So game day is everything. You know, if anybody's listening to me and they're looking for a job in sports, You got to go out there. You got to be willing to go out there and hustle. All right. Show them that you can sell. And it's not even about the crazy thing is it's not even about the people that would hire you. It's about building the confidence in yourself to go sell. Because when you have that type of confidence, then doors open for you that no one actually can open for you. Like no other person can open these doors for you when you learn that you're able to sell and you're a sellable person.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, sales is is. A great place, I think, for students, especially coming out of school to get that first start. Um, you know, I, I, I have been able to use sales and I know Mark, you know, does a lot in the sales area. But what, what are you doing right now, Aswan? What, what, what's the, you know, what are you working on?
2: Right now what I'm working on so right now currently I am a four-time published author and I teach at a school out here in West Palm Beach. It's a private school that goes from K to 5 and one of the things that we emphasize here is making sure kids are able to read and a lot like you guys we focus on young young kids of color who are in a in a just a difficult situation and we want to boost those reading scores up. And one of the reasons I was brought into this situation was because of my background in sports and they know what sports can do. So one of the things I'm doing now is working on doing a lot of work in the NIL space. I'm actually myself broker deals. I actually pay college athletes to to endorse my books and do some sponsorship deals with them and i'm hoping to have something called an nil info session i want to do it four times a year one in the summer one in the spring one in the fall one in the winter and bring in a lot of eighth grade ninth grade athletes and you know kind of connect them to teach them about what the nil world is all about how to monetize your name and engine likeness and connect them early and earlier on so If, God forbid, like me, that ACL goes, that ankle goes, and you can't play, you have it in your head, hey, I could still be a part of the team in some way, shape, form, or fashion. So really just connecting my knowledge with the the younger generation.
1: Yeah, I think the idea of financial literacy for athletes, because oftentimes athletes uh, come into money quickly. And also they come into money and it doesn't last. It's like, you know, the old expression, you're drinking from a fire hose. You're drinking from (laughs) a fire hose of money and then poof, then you're not. So I had a very interesting conversation the other night uh, out to dinner with some people. And we talked about the athletes who have been most successful off the playing field. Uh, You know, certainly Michael Jordan, LeBron, Magic Johnson, they all all come to mind. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then you also have a litany of athletes who came into money and ripped through it. And uh, mm-hmm. no need to, to name those names and and shame the It'd people. It'd be too many. Yes, exactly. We only, we only have 20 minutes for the episode. But yes, you're right. It would be right. many, many athletes.
0: You know, Aswan, I, I'm looking at your bio and I'm looking at the way you market mm-hmm. yourself. You know, you've really been mm-hmm. able to create a brand. Talk a little bit about how students can create a brand for themselves. I mean, you've put in here author, educator, trainer, motivational speaker. Again, tell us a little bit Mm -hmm. about the Aswan Crookshank brand and then how important it is for students to be able to create their own brand to market themselves.
2: Yeah. So as one crookshake, again, from jump, I had to, whenever, then I grew up in a Caribbean houseco- household. I was my mother and father from Trinidad and Tobago. So extremely, extremely strict. All right. It's like, look, boy, when you go to school, listen to what your teachers say. The teachers were always right. All right. That's what knows that my household. Right. So I get to school at every step of the way. And I've been to all different types of schools. And initially the teacher is misspell or miss saying my name. I have to give this teacher a correction. Immediately, immediately, everything was changed for me. So I knew that at some point I was going to have to develop as a speaker. I was going to have to speak to authority. I was going to have to correct authority. And I knew that that was going to be part of the process that I was going to have to do. So I it took some time and it does take some development. I decided to join Toastmasters. And one of the things I did with Toastmasters, yep, I joined Toastmasters because I knew speaking was huge when it comes to selling for the Dolphins. And I was also a trainer. I was doing all these things. It's like if I don't speak, if I don't develop as a public speaker, then everything I want is just going to just gonna fade away. So that was step number one.
0: You know, Mark, that's the set that's the second time we've heard about Toastmasters in the last three shows. Yeah, yes, absolutely mentioned uh, it. And clearly, that's an organization that, can, that students really need to look at you know, as an opportunity or an organization for them to join.
2: Yes, please do. It's very, very valuable, very, very money well spent, right? And I, I gave a speech, and one of the people came up to me and said, look, you got to get a book. you got to get some intellectual property. You know, <laughs> and we're moved. So from that point, from that point, there was this word that kept hitting me. It was swiftly. And I don't know how it happened. I just knew uh, th- it started with the first word, which is S. All right. So the way it works in college, for those of you who don't know, college football, they break you down into three categories. All right. There's the skilled players. Those are the DBs, the running backs, the wide receivers. They're going to make great athletes in every single sport. Then there were my position, linebackers, quarterbacks, tight ends. They can do multiple things. They're not as athletic, but they're not, they, they, what they make up, what they have and what they don't have in athletic ability they have for in their knowledge of the game. Quarterback has to know where the receiver is going to be, all that kind of stuff. Then there's the big boys, the big offensive linemen, defensive linemen. No one really gives a crap about them unless they're giving up a sack or they're holding, you know, something (laughs) like that. Right. So, I, I basically put that into a business plan. I said, swiftly, you get your skilled workers. These are workers that can sell. They'll be great in anything that they do. You get your WI, well-informed workers. These are the managers, the ones that are responsible for hiring folks and putting people in the right direction. And then you get FT, your front team. You know, this is the crew that's cleaning up the glass and cleaning bathrooms and doing all the stuff that we don't care about unless it's dirty. And I had that acronym, SWIFT. But some I, didn't, I couldn't put the book together yet because it was just categories. And then I'm like, all right, move swiftly. And this is what happened. I'll tell you guys a true story. I watched some college football. And I realized that the great players like Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, but he's just as fast as the receivers. So he quote, unquote, lifted himself. So the L-Y stands for lift yourself. So the great companies, the people that make a real splash in their business are the ones that can sell, they can clean, and they can hire the people. So they have all three. So that's moving swiftly. So I don't know if you guys watch my YouTube videos, but I always start with, as one Crookshank, your one and only move swiftly speaker. Not your motivational speaker, but your move swiftly speaker. Now, when I started to make that difference, it allows me a chance to stay the framework, talk about what my first, the title of my first book is Swiftly Your Guide to Innovative Teamwork, because I'm teaching people how, whatever organization you're in, whether you're a player, whether you're in the working world, how exactly are you adding your L-Y? So to answer your question, I know that was, of got long-winded <laughs> on that, but to answer your question okay. in terms of what, an, what a current athlete can do that's looking for a job, get deep, man. You got to get deep in terms of what exactly, you, what skills are you going to need to have if you want to do what it is you're trying to do? For me, I grew up a very shy, reserved young man that played football. And I'm like, look, if you want to do this, you're going to have to develop as a public speaker. You have to get out of that shyness. You got to find organizations and find, you know, whether it's Toastmasters, whether I was practicing speeches on, you know, with my phone, you got to practice that to the point where your skill is developed. And now I can come on a show like this and explain it in a very detail-oriented fashion.
0: You know, one of the things I noticed as I was looking at your bio is that you work a lot with hiring managers. And, and again, you know, we're very involved in helping students get that first job in sports. I mean, hence the name of our show, My First Job in Sports. Aswan, what are hiring managers look for looking for in terms of skills, you know, from students coming out? Um, you know, what, what do they, they want to see?
2: They, they definitely want to see someone who's passionate, passionate enough to run the company as if it's their own, because you have that ability now, all right? You got to understand what you have in, with the, in the palm of your hand with social media, with everything you have in terms of your network, you have your ability to get in touch with whoever you want. You really can. Job offers are being offered literally through DMs, literally through, they need social media people. So what they want to know, what they want to know is are you passionate? Are you passionate about what it is we're trying to do here? And I'll give you an example. All right. When I, I, there was a point in which I tried to start my own minor league football team and I went absolutely bankrupt. I tried to start a team, maybe Ocean City Sharks, lost everything. Car got repossessed, phone gone. I lost, fell flat on my face, right? I had to carpool with my mom and I found a job at this gym named LA Fitness, and the hiring manager there told me, He go, Well, he asked me, How would you convince someone to come into a gym? Now I'm a former athlete. I'm like, Look, bro, uh, <laughs> that's easy. I, I could get athletes coming in, and we could have this thing packed, and we're going to get paid. He looked at me, he just stopped me. He goes, I'm talking about regular people. I'm talking about regular people that just moved to the area, have no, they're intimidated by the gym, all that kind of stuff. And that's what they're looking for. When he realized that that wasn't my passion, then, you know, again, I had to move on. I actually moved to a different division with LA Fitness, but that didn't work out. But the main point is, are you passionate about the thing that the companies try to do versus what you specifically are passionate about? And that can be challenging seeing that we have the ability to to get in touch with whoever we want to get in touch with now.
0: You know, I'm, I'm a big research guy. I'm a data guy. That's kind of what I have done. And, you know, I am constantly amazed. And we we're always listen, looking for interns. And I'm constantly amazed at how many, you know, interns that I interviewed don't even know what we do. They don't even go to the website. They don't even. So, you know, let me let me, you know, I, I guess what I want to know is, you know, what kinds of skills, I mean, you talked a lot about the public speaking mm-hmm. skills, but what other types of skills do college graduates coming out of school really need to kind of be prepared with and be prepared for?
2: Uh, you've you got to know, I mean, this is really old fashioned, but you've got to really know how to be a really critical reader because there's messages that come in that have their own agenda and if you can like your tolerance for bs like if i'll give you this is kind of a funny example but let's say you're a guy and you're reaching out to a girl but you're you're trying to make the excuse that it's all professional and all that kind so yeah i saw you doing this and i'd love to do a business meeting a smart girl knows that this dude is just trying to hit on me and it takes a, a critical like a critical reader to know hey This person is a legit. So I think the biggest thing nowadays, because just like you said, there are folks who will come to you with their own agenda and you need to have people that ask the right questions before you get them on the phone so they don't waste your time. So the skill you have to have really critically read certain messages and and sense how much a person cares based on how they're writing. And that, that, again, something that can be very challenging.
1: Yeah. I think you make an excellent point. I always tell young people when they're going on an interview, it's like, hey, the employer is interviewing you, but you should also be interviewing and assessing them, right? Mm-hmm. Is this a person you could work for? Is this an organization that you legitimately can get passionate and excited about? So uh, I, I think the best interviews that I've been on, the best interviews I've conducted have always been a two-way dialogue where you know both mm-hmm. parties are assessing one another and if it's a match well then it's it's like dating right if, if it's a if it's a match it's great and if it's I not so. yeah <laughs> if it's not it's not
0: you know let me ask you also ask one were there any was there anything in school that courses that you wish you would have taken, you know, as you've now developed your entrepreneurial career and even your career in general, are there some things that you said, you know, maybe I should have taken these Excel classes, or maybe I should have taken these classes, you know, are, are there, is there anything special that you would like to kind of go back and redo?
2: Well, there isn't a specific course. What I do wish I did more of, and actually probably know what I know now, probably would have just might as well majored in it, is anthropology. Because we all have to, we all have to be, one of my favorite authors is Malcolm Gladwell, author of Outliers, What the Dog Saw. Mm-hmm. And I, I listened to a lot of his shows and what well, he sure made right. an excellent point one time. He said, we all have to be anthropologists. And it, it was one of those things where it stopped me. I'm like, you know what? You're right. You actually have to go and do the research. There's nothing, again, I, I encourage college. I really do. I encourage college. I am not bashing the college system at all. But it becomes a problem when you have about but 40 or 50 different options, you're a kid trying to figure out what you're going to do. And you have all these options. You leave that place. And if you're not careful, you don't know what to do. And then the way the world works, you think you're going there to party. Half the time, <laughs> you know, the partying is like priority number one. If we're being, let's just be honest, when you get to a college campus, partying is like priority number one. Now I got to pick a course to study. And then by the time I pick a course of study, there's people who are you know, working community, they're working and going to community college at the same time. So they're getting that experience and it's a very challenging hole to climb out of. So for me personally, anthropology, because it gives me the habit of making sure I go and learn the thing, go and experience having gone and done it because that that actually is very important because, you know, like I said with the dolphins, I had no idea this position existed. I probably right. would have taken it right out of college if I knew it existed or did it during
0: you sound like you've really been able to kind of navigate, uh, you know, through, you know, getting to where you want to be. But one of the ways that you've done that is having contingency plans. Plan A didn't go well. You went to plan B. Plan B didn't go well. You went to plan C. Have I, have I got this read right, Aswan? I mean, have you, did you, you know, prepare yourself with multiple plans, multiple strategies?
2: Yeah. I mean, again, if if it was up to me, I'd be a coach in the NFL. That was my goal. But again, the NFL lockout was going on. <laughs> so I couldn't go to them and say, hey, I, like no one was working at the NFL at that point. So I was right. like, all right, I got to figure something out. And immediately I started scouting for a company named National Scouting Report. And that was a sales position. So I, I I can't explain that. But, yeah, you know, that's just kind of the way life works for everybody.
0: Aswan, Mark and I want to thank you for coming on this special Get in the Game edition of my first job in sports. As I mentioned, we're very excited about this uh, event we're planning, October 6th through 8th in Baltimore. And um, I think you've provided some excellent tips, some excellent ideas, some excellent concepts for students to really understand, you know, as they're trying to get that all-important first job in sports Aswan, thanks for coming on the show.
2: It was my pleasure. Thank you, y'all. You guys do a great, great job, man. Thank you, Aswan.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this edition of My First Job in Sports, presented by SBRNet. You can check out the video version on the SBRNet video corner on YouTube. You can also catch the audio version on all major podcast platforms. Just search for My First Job in Sports. My First Job in Sports is produced by Brad Maybe. You can connect with us on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, or
2: check us out at sbrnet.com. Thank you for tuning in.